Great, so great. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about we are made to shine. We are made to shine. Kids, can you say that with me? Say, I am made to shine. One more time. Say, I am made to shine. You were. You were made to shine. God made you the light of the world. That's how we are created. God made us. He gave us purpose in that so that we would shine. I think a lot of times, guys, I think, kids, I think a lot of times we, I think we, we, uh, we forget how blessed we take for granted light, right? Just having electricity. Isn't it great having electricity? Do you guys like that? Yeah, do you like having air conditioning? Yes, we thank God for in video games and all the different things you get to have because there's power, because there's light, because of that electricity. Uh, a few years ago, I was on a missions trip. I have some uh, pictures of some kids from the country that I was in, and I was in Central Asia. And where I was, there was not very people didn't have electricity very much. There was hardly any electricity, kids, and and so the. The, they would only turn the power on, the electricity on, the lights on, for like two hours a day. That was it. Just two hours a day. Imagine trying to do everything you needed to do that required electricity in two hours. So they would charge their batteries, they would um, charge generators, they would uh, charge their phones, everything they would need. But because they heard Americans were coming, I was the first American that had ever been to this village, they wanted to impress us. And so they wanted to impress us by having the electricity on longer. And so at night, when it was normally dark, and there'd be no electricity, the government, the village, would keep the lights on for an extra two hours every night. And everybody loved it. And they loved us because they got more power. And they didn't want to see us leave because when we left, they knew the lights would not be shining. The lights would go out. And that's a picture, kids, of what it means, that the kind of difference that we should be making in other people's lives, that other people's lives should be better because we've been there. That, other peop- that our light that shines, that God has made us to shine to be the light of the world, that people's lives should be better when we're with them than when we're not. And so this morning we're going to talk about three things. First thing we're going to talk about is that God is light. God is light. Kids, did you guys know that? That God is light? That's His very essence. God is light. Um, we see that. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light. Kids, can you say that with me? Say, God is light. One more time, a little louder. Say, God is light. That's right. And in Him, there is no darkness at all. None. There's no darkness That means that God being light means He's everywhere except He's shut out. That God will be with us. He'll always be with us unless we walk away from Him, unless we like reject Him. And then He's still there for us to come back to Him and to receive Him. Another thing it means that God is light is that He has the first and the last word. Okay? Now, in our house, if we have uh, something we call a strong conversation, because we don't argue in our house, but we have strong conversations. And so if there's a strong conversation, who has the last word? The kids or mommy and daddy? Or mom or daddy, right? It's mom or daddy, isn't it? That's who has the last word in the house, right? If not, parents, we well, need to have the last word in the house, right? It's not the kids, is it? And I know that can have a negative connotation, but in a positive way, 
God has the first and God has the last word because He is light. And we know that through Scripture, that we know that in the very beginning that there was light. The Bible says that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Kids, you know what the Alpha and the Omega is? That is the Greek alphabet. It means that Jesus is A to Z. He is the first and He is the last. And He's everything in between. And so even in our Bibles, we know the very first thing that God spoke was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. He said, let there be light. And you know what happened? There was light. That's right. You guys learned that this week. There was light. What's so interesting is that it's not until verses 14 and 19 that God creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. So how is that? How is it that He created light? He spoke light into existence before there were sun, moon, and stars. How is that? It's because God is light. That is who He is. He is light. In fact, even all the way in the back of the Bible, in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it says in chapter 5, verse 22, and this is speaking of heaven. Do you know that in heaven, there will be no night there? Doesn't that sound good, kids? No bedtime in heaven. How's that? Can I get an amen from the kids, right? Yeah. No bedtime in heaven. There will be no night there. There will need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God, He Himself will give the light. And there we shall reign with Him forever and ever. At the very beginning, at the very end, God is light. He always has the first word, and He has the last word. You know why that's so great, that God has the last word? Because He gets to say what really happens. Because God has the last word. It doesn't matter how bad things are now. It doesn't matter what's going on right now. That I know that God has the final say in every situation of my life. And I'm, like, I'm thankful for that. The doctors don't have the final word. God has the final word. Accountants don't have the final word. God has the final word. Our government doesn't have the final word. God has the final word. Your friends, your family, those around you, they don't have the final word about what happens in your life. God has the final word about what happens. And so we can be encouraged, we can be strengthened, because no matter what is going on, God has the final word of what's going on in our life. Another thing about God being light is it means that He is always good. Kids, can you say always good? God is always good. Anything and everything that we have that is good comes from God Himself. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. You know what that means? It means God's always good. It means He doesn't change. It means He's not good one day and He's not bad the next. He, he doesn't change His mind. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can count on Him. He is consistent. And He's consistently good that we can always... Other people may fail us. Other people may let us down. But Jesus will never fail us. Jesus will never let us down. Never. Another thing about God being light is it means that God provides our protection. God provides our protection. Isn't it true that one of the greatest values of light is safety? Of being able to see, of being safe? 
If, if you want to make a neighborhood safe, if you want to make something safe, what do you do? You put lights up. You make it more bright because then it becomes more safe. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. He is our light and our salvation. It's the same thing. The Lord is the strength of my life. David here says, Of whom shall I be afraid? What do I have to be afraid of? Because God is with me. Because God is light. You don't have to be afraid in life because God is light. Now, you don't have to raise your hands, especially parents, on this question. Don't raise your hands, parents. But who here is afraid of the dark? Right? Anybody here afraid of the dark? Anybody here you want to leave a light on? You know, because you're afraid of the dark? Parents, isn't it true that we're not so afraid of the dark? We're afraid of what's in the dark that we can't see. Right? That's what we're afraid of. But Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy, he said, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so we don't have to live life afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Because God is light. God is with us. And because He is with us, we don't have to be afraid what happens. Because God is always, always with us. We don't have to be afraid. Because isn't it true that what we're afraid of in the dark is things that we don't know. Things that we don't understand. But when God is with us, we don't have to be afraid of those things. So if if God is light, then wouldn't it make sense to walk in His light? Doesn't that just make sense? Well, that's the second thing we're going to talk about today is walking in the light. Walking in the light. Kids, when my daughter, Maddie, some of you know her because she's been your teacher back there. But when Maddie was 15, we we were at camp. So parents, you want to be sure to send your kids to camp. Just... I want to send your kids to camp. It's a great, great place. Um, but when she was 15, uh, she was walking up to the snack shack to get food ready to serve the kids, and she was walking in the dark. Walking in the dark, and she had flip-flops on. And as she was walking in the dark, she felt something like prick her foot. And she did what any of us would do, a natural reaction. She just kicked her foot because she felt something biting her. You know what it was? It was. It was a snake. She probably told you that story, didn't you? It was a copperhead snake. She was, see, parents, you need to send your kids to camp, right? And so, <laughs> so she was bit by a copperhead snake because she was wearing flip-flops and she was walking in the dark, right? And so, and so what happened? Well, another counselor, he, 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 he grabbed the snake and he, with something, some kind of shovel and killed it and and we got her into the light, and her foot starts swelling immediately, and it, and it started turning black and blue. And, and somebody there had, I don't know, seen in a Western or something that you're supposed to cut it with a razor and suck the venom out. Let me just let you, that's not the most modern medical technology, okay? <laughs> just, just so you know, that's, that's not the most modern. So, but anyway, so we, so we load her up in the car. I put her in my Toyota Yaris. And they called the sheriff, and the sheriff was supposed to give me an escort, but I'll let you know, the sheriff never caught me, because I was driving too fast. <laughs> I was driving so fast that night. And so we got, we got to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, they checked her in in the emergency room. And I asked the doctor if they had antivenom for a copperhead. You know what the doctor said? He said they did. But you know what else he said? They didn't want to give it to her. 
They don't want to give her the antivenom. But you know what we have for you guys today? We have a special guest. Can we get our guest in here? We've got a special guest for you guys. Go ahead and come on in here, Tom. Come on up. What do we, what do we got here? What do we have? A, what in the world? Here you go. You can, why don't you stand down there? Not, not too close from me. <laughs> stand down here by the kids. Can you hold that out there? Is that a ball python? Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Anybody here like snakes? Anybody here not like snakes? Yeah. Oh. Okay, we're gonna, anybody wants to touch them, we're going to let you line. No, I'm, we're not. I'm just, I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. You know that, you know, Maddie, Maddie had a consequence, didn't she? Because she was walking in the dark. She was bitten by a snake. And in life, in dark, when, there, when you're not walking in the light that God has provided, when you're not walking in the truth that He's provided, the Bible says that His Word is a lamp under our feet, and it's a light under our path. And if we choose to not walk according to God's ways, if we choose to not walk according to Him, then we're choosing to walk in darkness. And we choose to walk in darkness, there's things like snakes, like that, that are there to get you. And as your pastor, kids, I don't want you guys to, not just physically, but spiritually, to be snake bit, to be attacked by things that are not of God, that are of Satan. I don't want that for you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to walk in, in goodness and in the light of God and to stay away from snakes. Kids, can I get a good amen on that one, right? Amen. All right. Can you guys give it up for Tom and the snake? All right. Woo! Just so you guys know, first service missed that. They, they missed out on that. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this, This is the message. This is the message we heard from Him and declared to you that God is light. And in Him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, so if we say we're walking with God, and we say that we're walking in His light, yet we're walking in darkness, is saying He's calling us on it. He's saying we're lying. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us. So what does that mean, walking in light? It means walking in love. Walking in the truth. It means not walking in darkness. means walking in hate. And walking in lies. And rejecting Jesus and who He is. And, and so when we walk in the light, it means that we're right with God. And we're right with those around us. We're living in those right those right ways. So once we're walking in light, we have to choose to continue to walk in light. Because if not, we'll find eventually we're walking in darkness again if we don't intentionally stay walking in the light. Hey kids, do you guys notice a light bulb out? Look somewhere and see if you guys can find a missing light bulb. You guys see it? Yeah. But I wonder how many of you saw that before I pointed it out. Probably didn't. Maybe a couple people here, but most people probably did not see the, the burned out light bulb. Because there's enough other light, right? But next week if you came, if not just that light was burned out, but another light over here was burned out, you still might not notice. But if it had been, let's say a month from now, we kept losing light bulbs and you showed up and there weren't hardly any lights on, you're like, what's wrong? The, the, the lights aren't working. It's because it's like at my house. Parents, have you ever noticed that we don't ever change one light bulb in a ceiling fan, right? 
Because you don't notice when one light bulb's out of a ceiling fan. But once two are burned out, and then usually for me, once three are burned out and there's only one left working, I finally realize, you know what? There's some burned out light bulbs in this ceiling fan, right? Because I've grown accustomed over a period of time of walking in more darkness. And that can happen to us spiritually, that we have to be aware, we have to be attuned to make sure that we don't gradually begin to walk in darkness again, but that we walk in the light that God has given to us. Any, any kids like moths? i got a picture of a moth up here. Anybody here like moths? Man, they're just cool, aren't they? They're little, that one's a little freaky, but, uh, but moths, are, moths are cool. Do you know, you know why moths are attracted to light? It's called phototaxis. Okay, so God made moths with a positive phototaxis, which means they're attracted to light. Anybody here know what a cockroach is? Yeah, all the moms and dads. Oh, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> right, we've all seen cockroaches. Everybody's had a cockroach in their house at some time, right? So uh, cockroaches are negative phototaxis. It means they run away from light. So if you go into the kitchen, you turn the lights on, and all the cockroaches start scrambling from dinner, you know, they start running, that's because they're negative phototaxis, where moths are positive phototaxis. So if, we, if God is light... Do you guys want to be a moth or you want to be a cockroach, kids? A moth, right? No cockroaches here, right? We're going to be moths for Jesus, right? We're going to be attracted to the light. Because as a moth is attracted, like, and God created that because of the moon. And so as moths would go towards the moon, there would be a shadow that would be cast and it would scare predators away because they would look larger than what they really are. And so as we go towards the light, God is light. As we go towards Jesus then it protects us from the enemy. It protects us from things that would want to destroy us. So we want to be moths. We want to be moths. And finally, as we walk in light, we bring light to a dark world. Bring light to a dark world. i got a picture of a flashlight up here. I read a story of a, of a, of a young girl about, about y'all's age. And she was at Walmart with her mom. And you know how when you go to Walmart, they have all those toys and the candy right before you leave because they want you to, you know, it's called impulse buying, kids. It don't, don't, just, just learn to say no to it, right? But it's just, they're all impulses. They want you to, they want you to try to get those things. And you know, a, a side story, but have, kids, have you guys ever taken your dogs to like PetSmart or Petsway? Or they, have you ever noticed they just put all those bones down there for the dogs to like, they're trying to tempt those dogs, aren't they? Have you, kids, have you noticed that? So we had our lab there the other day, and I was taking her there for a bath, and the lady goes, uh, Sir, uh, your dog is eating all of our bones. And our dog, was had his head turned, was just eating all the bones. I thought, well, you shouldn't have put them there. That's, that's what I thought. But back to flashlights. So... So this girl, she wanted a flashlight from her mom. So she, her mom gets her the flashlight, and she's in Walmart, and she turns the flashlight on, but because the lights are so bright in Walmart, she couldn't really see her light. You know what she said to her mom? She said, Mom, we have to go find some darkness. We have to go find some darkness. You see, kids, you'll find yourselves in some dark places spiritually. And maybe at school... It may be in your neighborhood. It may be in different family settings. Well, you'll find yourself in some dark places, but God has made you to shine. 
God has made you to be the light of the world. God has made you to reflect the goodness and the glory of God Himself so that others can see who Jesus is. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus taught this lesson to His disciples. And He said this, verse 13, He said, You are the salt of the earth. Just like this, just right here, like this salt shaker. He said, You are the salt of the earth. But if a salt loses its flavor... How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He says it doesn't do you any good. Kids, you know why they used salt in the, back in Bible times? Well, they didn't have refrigerators like we do because they didn't have electricity or power. And so, and so they would use a lot of salt and it would cure, it would preserve um, meat, fish and meat. And so they could... They could eat it later. And so it was a preservative. It, it kept things from rotting. And so what Jesus is saying is that because we are around, because we're in schools, because we're in homes, because we're in neighborhoods, parents, as you're at your job, because we're there, we are keeping the environment from rotting. That it's better because we're there. And if we ever stop being who God has made us to be, then we're not fulfilling the purpose that God has created us for. God has saved us. He's taken away our sins, not only so we can be in heaven with Him forever, although that's absolutely true, but also so that we can be salt, so that we can be a preserving agent, so we can rescue and keep from rotting those around us. Not only did He make us salt, but He made us light. Verse 14, You are the light of the world. God is the light of the world. And then He says to us, because God is in us and we are in Him, we are the light of the world. Kids, say that with me. Say, we are the light of the world. One more time. We are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Have you ever seen that? You've been driving, maybe you come over a mountain, you see a city, everything's dark, but this city is undeniable. It's so bright, it's so beautiful, it's a place of of resources and rescue, right? Because you know there's a McDonald's and the town ahead, right? And so you know it's a, it's a, you know it's, it's there, it can't be hidden. So that's what our life is to be. Verse 15, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. You don't hide a light. You put it on a lampstand. You put it up here where it can, it can show light. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When you love, when you're kind, when you go out of your way to help others, you're showing the goodness of God. And others can see God in you. You are that light. You are that salt. You remember the story I was telling about my daughter with the snake? Well, we get to the hospital, and as I mentioned, the doctor did not want to administrate the antivenom. He had never administrated the antivenom, and he was, a, he was afraid that her reaction might be worse than the, than the anti. He was afraid she would have a reaction that they weren't able to, would be able to help her with. He was afraid of that reaction to the antivenom. And he didn't want to give it to her. And so I asked him this question. I said, if it was your daughter, would you give her the antivenom? And he was honest with me. And he said, I would. I'd give her the antivenom. And I said, well, please give the antivenom 
to my daughter. And he did. And she was okay. She, her legs swole up. It was huge. In fact, she bruised all the way to her armpit. And she was in the hospital for a couple of days. But she's okay. But the doctor was concerned about the reaction. He was afraid of the antivenom. And as I thought about this, I thought that we're all in some ways like my daughter. That every one of us have been bitten by sin. But the Bible calls the devil like a snake and, 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 and sin. Uh, there's a picture of sin like that venom that's in us. And each one of us have been bitten by sin. Each one of us have venom in, in our hearts, in our, in our lives, until we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. And Jesus, He Himself is like that anti-venom. That, it, that we receive the blood of Jesus that He shed on the cross of Calvary for us. It is the antivenom that takes the venom of sin out of our life and rescues us and saves us. And we all need that venom removed, sin removed from our hearts and in our lives. And if you've received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, then you have that anti-venom. You have it. Sin cannot touch you. Sin cannot destroy you. You have power over sin because of that. But if you haven't received Jesus, then you need to today. That even right now today, you would accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. What does that mean? It means that you agree that He is light, that Jesus is the Savior, that He came to take away your sin, that He died for you, that, that the good that He is and that He has done is greater than our sin. And we receive His sacrifice on the cross as they taught you in VBW this week. That we receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. That He is our, He's our boss. He's our leader. And that we serve Him.